But I think that I would have allowed myself to just chill out a little bit. Um, and also to tell myself, you know, like really invest in these friendships with your sisters because they, what you put into Delta Zeta is what you will get out. I know we say that all the time to current members and it really is so true. The women we know perpetuate a different sorority stereotype than the one that makes most headlines. These women appreciate curiosity, empower development, build community, promote generosity, foster belonging, and provide friendship. The women we know may be students, teachers, business owners, volunteers, coworkers, civic leaders, parents, spouses, and possibly the women next door. They challenge us in the authentic pursuit of our vision to inspire action and impact lives. They are the women we know. They are Delta Zeta. Welcome back to the Women We Know podcast. I'm Allison St. Germain, uh, joined by Mallory Golsky, my co-host. And it's been a few weeks. We've made it through the holidays. Uh, really excited to um, you know, welcome our next guest in a little bit on um, this episode of the podcast. But like we like to start every week, uh, uh, Mallory, what were you not duly and truly prepared for this week in life? Yeah. So probably a lot. I think the thing is something that I'm anticipating not being duly and truly prepared for. And that is, I guess, every response is going to come back to swimming or running for me. And this weekend I'm swimming in my first swim meet since like February of 2015 when I graduated high school, or I mean like, you know, 2015 when I graduated high school, but my last high school meet. And I'm fortunate I get to swim for a master's team. I get to do something that I love in kind of like a low stakes kind of way. Um, but still the pressure of knowing that I haven't swam the 500 freestyle since I was 17 years old. And I guess there's a little bit of pressure in my head. I have to do well. I have to do as well as I was doing in high school. So trying to shake those nerves, but I definitely do not feel prepared to do this thing that once came so naturally to me. So anyway, we'll report back on how that goes. Allison, what is something you were not duly and truly prepared for? I really am not prepared for the fact that it has not felt like winter here at yeah. all. Um, it, if you you saw my Instagram post yesterday about um, it, it, 830 in the morning in January in Connecticut, it was 45 degrees on my yeah. run. Um, yeah. It's unbelievable. I'm not. I guess you could say I am prepared because all my winter clothes and coats are in the closet. So I'm prepared, but I'm not prepared. It has not felt like winter. It has felt like spring and it's strange. So I guess that's um, global warming happening, which is really scary and sad. But, um, you know, I'm also in that mindset of preparing for the spring lamp and we're actually going to do the pink goes green issue and you know because spring with earth day and uh sustainability so we're in the throes of preparing for a pink goes green issue and but that weather yesterday was just really strange yeah i definitely went for a run in shorts and a t-shirt and i was like it is january the middle of january and i'm sweating in shorts and a t-shirt this shouldn't be happening i'll i'll take it <laughs> but also yeah the climate anxiety is real for sure well now that we have gotten through our things that we are not prepared for, um, let's get into the good stuff. And I'm so excited for us to talk to our next guest. Um, we'll, you know, toss to her interview here in a second, but I, I think, you know, getting to talk to her was just so inspiring for both of us. And we know you're going to enjoy hearing from her too. Great. 
Well, welcome back to the Women We Know podcast. Um, we were really excited about the overall response we had to the first few episodes. It was really, truly amazing to borrow a Delta Zeta phrase. We had so many sisters reach out to us um, to tell us that there were so many inspirational women that we just needed to get to know. And so we really can't wait to introduce you to our next Delta Zeta woman, woman we know. And I'm going to throw it over to Mallory um, to talk about how we connected up with our with our guest today. Absolutely. So as Allison mentioned, um, I'm so excited for our guest today. After our first episode, I reached out to a couple of the alumni groups that I'm part of on Facebook, just to get a feel for recommendations of other people and other women we know who should talk to next. And the responses were overwhelming. Allison and I had to talk to Devin Bartolotta. Devin is a 2013 graduate of my alma mater, Ohio University, and an alumna of the Omicron Gamma chapter of Delta Zeta. Since graduating with her Bachelor's of Science in Journalism from the E.W. Scripps School of Journalism, Devin has lived all over the country working as a broadcast journalist. She's currently a main evening anchor for WWL-TV in New Orleans. She's a four-time Emmy winner and recipient of a New Orleans Press Club Award for her work covering Hurricane Ida, during which time she said she slept under her desk at the station for 12 nights. I'm so fascinated by that and eager to hear so many more of the stories that you have to tell. Devin, it's clear why so many people think you'd be a great guest on your sh- on our show, and we're thrilled to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. This is so exciting. <laughs> of course. Um, but first, despite your many ac- accomplishments, we know you're not perfect. You're a human just like us. You're a Delta Zeta just like us. So I'm going to make you answer the same question we've asked previous guests and um, we've asked our ourselves earlier, what was something that you were not duly and truly prepared for this week? Oh, this week has been a mess for me. Oh my goodness. So, you know, I'm in New Orleans. It is carnival season, which means Mardi Gras is coming up. So for me, work gets crazy. There are balls and galas and there's coverage and parades and it gets like nuts. And my house was falling apart. And yesterday I like burst into tears and I told my husband, I was like, I don't even have enough time to do laundry, like whatever. So he cleaned the whole house for me yesterday while I was at work and did all my laundry. And I'm feeling much better about it. But I was not duly and truly prepared for the amount of stress this week would bring. (laughs) Sure. Well, thank you for taking time out of your busy week to sit down and talk to us. Uh, We really appreciate it. Um, And now that we got that out of the way, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so uh, as you mentioned, I'm a 2013 Ohio U graduate, and I knew from the time that I was like six years old that I wanted to become a broadcast journalist, and so I stuck with that track my whole life, writing for newspapers and things in high school, and went right into Ohio U as a broadcast journalism uh, major, and got my job two months to the day after graduation and moved to Minnesota. So since then, I've kind of lived all over and I've been in New Orleans for um, uh, about three and a half years now and became the evening anchor, which was my like lifelong dream job. And I love it. And, um, you know, I, my job is a huge part of my identity, I think. Um, but on the side, I also do, I mean, I refinish furniture and I'm super into vintage stuff and like you know, I have a life outside of news, but it is news is a big part of my life. Sure. I think we can all relate to the job becoming part of the identity. Um, I'd like to think I've fallen into the communications. My background is educa- higher education administration. And so, um, you know, both you and Mallory come from that like true trained communications background. But 
I like to think I dabble in it a little bit, but um, tell me a little bit about like struggles with keeping up with like the latest communication trends or things. Of course, um, you know, I'm following you on TikTok and who would think that me, the almost late 40s something year old sister here is on TikTok and things, but I'm hip, I'm there. Our comms team will say that Allison knows what's going on, but what do you do to stay on top of the different trends and platforms and, and things to, to stay relevant, obviously, because you are in the limelight with your career and you, you do have a really fabulous TikTok. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I feel it is like such a time investment to do TikTok and like create content all the time. So I appreciate that. Uh, it is so interesting just in my like 10 year broadcast career, how much technology has changed and the way that we connect with people has changed. I mean, Mallory, you said you graduated in 2019, correct? And Mm -hmm. so, you know, whenever at that point, social media was huge, right? But when I was in school in like the 2010s, there like social media was still kind of in its infancy. And Mm -hmm. I started at my first station, we did not live stream. No one was really tweeting. Um, Instagram was like kind of a thing, but not really. And so, you know, now we've got Facebook and Twitter and TikTok and all these other things that as a journalist, you're expected to update and stay on top of, it can get really overwhelming. And I think that you kind of have to pick and choose where you invest your time and what is worth it to you. And for me, um, I got into TikTok actually because I did an interview with a guy who was it's super Cajun guy here in Louisiana. And his whole thing was like giving Cajun lessons on TikTok. And I did a story with him and he was like, you got to get on there. I feel like you'd be so good at it. And I finally started it. And now I'm actually part of my company's corporate TikTok team to try and implement best practices for journalists company-wide. Um, because it can be, you know, especially as a journalist, when you have the ethics component and also the credibility component, you have to be very careful what you're posting and what you're putting out to the world. And so it's been really fun to try and kind of play with that and see what works and what doesn't work, but it can be a real challenge. Um, And I'm getting older too, you know, eventually, eventually social media will outpace me, but I'm really trying to keep up right now. (laughs) Oh, it's, it's, it moves fast, right? We actually, um, I'm not on Be Real, but some of our interns are. And at our President's Academy this past weekend, you know, that was sort of a big thing of like, all right, let's, it's like, you know, a lot of people are, oh, okay, let me do my Be Real. Can you be in my picture? And, um, you know, again, those are things that our younger members are coming up through and there's, they're communicating in. And so it's, it's fascinating, like that what's here right now is not what was here 10 years ago and who knows what it'll be. But if you're constantly looking at, like you said, you know, concentrating in specific, cause you can't be everywhere all the time. It's yeah. same as and I'm like, when that notification goes off, I'm like, oh my gosh, I cannot deal with another notification on my phone. I don't need anything else to demand something of me right now. So I have not gotten too into it. I I relate to that. I'm going to age myself as the youngest person on this recording right now. I'm 25 and I'm not on TikTok. I'm not on Be Real. So I, and what you said about like creating content, it is I mean, I think a lot of people think that getting on TikTok is just kind of like, oh, yeah, you're just making a goofy video with your friends. But like, no, to do it well, it requires like storyboarding. You have to work on your captions. You have to, you know, there's so much that goes into it beyond just like, you know, taking a quick selfie or whatever. So kudos to you for, you know, rising to the ranks and then also being a leader. Um, 
like, you know, in within your company too, to help other people kind of learn best practices. Because as far as best practices go, you didn't learn that when you were in school. And I'm sure it's not even something they can teach now because people are just learning as they go. So that's yeah. yeah, that's exactly right. And I think with TikTok as well, um, you know, there there's a like my company is trying to figure out a way to drive people to the website. Um, to make, essentially make it like a, re a revenue maker. But that's really difficult because once people are on the app, they don't want to leave the app. I could go on and on about it forever. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it is it is like a full time job just to like play with the ways that you can use TikTok, especially for news. For sure. Well, speaking of news, and we kind of teased this in your intro, um, you've gotten to live all over the country. You said you started off in, what, Minnesota, you're now in New Orleans. You've gotten to travel the country. Surely you've talked to some incredible people. I'm dying to know, what are some of the most interesting stories or like interesting people you've gotten to meet, like the hallmarks of your now about 10-year career? Um, tell us some of those stories. Man, I feel like I have so many. And, um, you know, here in New Orleans, I feel like I've done a lot that I've that I, a lot of work that I really am proud of and that I enjoyed doing. Um, so I was in, I was in Minnesota and then I moved to Baltimore. I was there for three years and now I'm here in New Orleans. And, you know, unfortunately with, with Baltimore and with New Orleans, both of them have been the homicide capital of the country in the time that I lived there. So there's a lot of heavy news that goes into that. And, um, you know, Baltimore, when I started in Baltimore, I was only 24 and uh, it was, it was a lot to, go from small town Minnesota and jump right into Baltimore uh, as, as a city was dealing with so much crime and so many, um, you know, systemic issues that that became really heavy. And then moving to New Orleans, I knew that it was going to be similar, but there is so much joy in this city that has been so much fun to cover. I mean, Mardi Gras, for one example, has been a blast. I mean, to be able to go on a parade route and, you know, it's, it's the only time of the year that New Orleans is like the center of the universe. Mm -hmm. And it is so much fun to cover. Um, I've also focused a lot on infrastructure issues here because New Orleans is essentially sinking into the Gulf of Mexico. So there's a lot of issues there, but I've done it in a fun way. Um, there, a story that I did in November, there's an Instagram account here called Look at This Effing Street. And it's a whole account dedicated to the crumbling roads of New Orleans. And the guy wanted to stay anonymous, um, but we had so much fun recording this story because we positioned a cone right in front of his face. And I had to come up with like a nickname for him because I couldn't use his name in the story. And I also couldn't say the name of the Instagram account because it has an F word in it. So we were like bleeping it out with car horns and it was <laughs> so much fun. Um, there's like a lot of really cool stories like that. I actually, made, I feel like I made a list of, of other fun things that I've covered. Um, I mean, there's also a lot of imp important stuff that I've covered. I mean, when, when Roe was overturned, Louisiana was one of the first states that was going to entirely outlaw abortion. And I got to be in the courtroom while um, attorneys were fighting that out with the attorney general of Louisiana. So you really, truly get a front row seat to history in this job. And I think that has been one of the coolest parts of it. Um, you know, also covering Hurricane Ida, you know, you mentioned I slept under a desk for 12 days. That was, you know, to see the devastation here and thousands of people whose homes were splintered and they had nothing left. And, you know, at, at my house, thankfully my house was okay, but we had no power or water for almost two full weeks. And mm -hmm. it was like almost a hundred degrees in my home. And so I was, I didn't shower for days. 
because we had no hot water. I was sleeping at the station in the sales department underneath the desk. Um, but you know, you, that is, that's part of the job. And, you know, you, you have the honor of talking to people, um, on their best days and on their worst days. And so it's, it's been an adventure. That's for sure. Wow. During those like really challenging days in your career, like the, you know, the sleeping under your desk, the really emotional days, um, what are ways that you stay calm or focused or centered and like that you do self-care for yourself? That was a learning curve. And I think it is for any young professional starting a new job. Um, but during Ida, um, honestly, I had, I was able to like s- somehow get enough Wi-Fi under my desk that I would go under, like, you know, I, I was on a little air mattress underneath somebody's desk and I was watching, um, what is that Amy Poehler show? Like make it or something. I don't know. It was like some happy <laughs> show that required no brain power and was just like, it was like brain bubble gum. And that helped a lot for me. Also going to therapy for years helps a lot. Um, I'm lucky that my therapist's husband is a cop in New Orleans. So she see, she knows how crazy it can be. Um, so you really do have to take care of yourself in this job and compartmentalize those days. I mean, it's incredibly difficult to go from literally seeing a dead body on the street while reporting and then go home and have to go to your friend's birthday party with a smile on your face. Um, yeah. so you really have to work on making sure work stays at work as much as possible uh, in order to take care of your mental health. I think the mental health piece is huge. And, um, you know, so many people, especially over these past crazy few years, um, as we've seen with the pandemic and what's shifted with people, I mean, you know, survival mode, survival mode, and, and to think that people might take the time out, like, oh, I'm going to go speak to a therapist or, you know, I need somewhere else to express my feelings. I think that's something that stigma is leaving that. And that's really refreshing for you to share as well that, you know, here you look like you've got it all together, like then, but there, there's, there's pieces that are supports for you with that. And I think a lot of um, women, especially probably sisters that follow uh, Delta Zeta communications, you know, that's um, sometimes a, a, you know, a hard thing to admit and say, oh, I need some help. So that's really awesome to hear that. And I, I do know that we have such a commitment to mental health in, in Delta Zeta, but like a lot of times we don't talk about that in chapter either. Right. Like, especially as a young college woman, like that was maybe not something that was talked about in my chapter meetings. Right. We were talking about the next social event, the, you know, what we're doing for Derby days or whatever. And um, you know, those are really hard things that, um, hopefully that is changing in, in the culture and the world today, especially for women. And so needing to know like how you can open up to somebody else. So that's awesome. Yeah. And I think it's, I work with, um, we have some younger people at the station who are still in college and they come in and help us as desk assistants or they help on the, on the floor in the studio. Um, and it's so fun to talk to them because they are of a totally different generation. I mean, they're 10 years younger than me. And it's so interesting to hear them talk about mental health versus the way that my friends and I like really didn't talk about mental health when we were in college. And, um, you know, they're entering this career path as well whenever they graduate. And so it's amazing for me to hear them be like, yeah, you know, like I had an 8 a.m. class, but I had to like call my therapist out in the hallway. And, you know, it was like a six minute session and that's all I could do today. But that was enough. And I'm like, that's, I mean, that's awesome. That never would have occurred to me when I was a college student. But I think starting those habits early will make such a difference in your life, especially entering a really high stress job. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's definitely something I could have used in college too. And, you know, I, I hate that it's such a taboo, um, you know, especially for younger people. But I think like older people too, you know, you talk to someone in your family and you're like, well, what do you need to talk to someone about? You've, you've got it all together. You know, I'm sure you've experienced that too. So um, it's, it's really nice to hear you talking about it so openly. I'm sure that'll help others as well. Um, but in addition to therapy, there's a lot of other ways that you can like, you know, take a step back from your day job or from the stressors of your life. Um, I know for you, you've shared with us that you have recently completed your goal of traveling to all 50 states. You read 100 books in the last year. And of course, you know, you're the winner of many awards, including four Emmys. No big deal, right? Um, but with all of these accomplishments under your belt, um, what are you looking forward to next? Like other hobbies, other, you know, personal quests like that? Um, I I'm dying to hear about your, uh, your travels, your books, but also just what are you aiming for next? Yeah, I honestly, I'm trying to figure that out right now. I'm, you know, I finished my 100 book challenge like right at the end of the at the end of the year last year and, and just to interject what was your favorite book out of all of those favorite book oh that's so hard it's so hard because I really tried to read across many genres sure. I really loved um remarkable remarkably what is it remarkably bright creatures by Shelby Van Pelt and I loved the seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo Yes. Uh huh. You also did a whole TikTok on it, so Mallory will have to send you. Yeah. That. <laughs> you know, just check it out on TikTok. <laughs> yeah, I, I really love those two, but there were so many, so many good books I read last year. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do this year. I've been thinking about, you know, I really loved podcasts before. the The reason I started reading books, honestly, was because every podcast was talking about the pandemic, and I was like, I have such a full plate of pandemic news at work that I need literally anything that will not mention it for just like a couple hours a day. So I started reading all those books and it was great. It was like a great escape for me. And now I'm like, okay, I've got a new year. Like, what am I going to pick this year? You know, it's still what this it's the 19th. I've still got some time. <laughs> um, the fifth checking the 50 States off was huge because that we tried to do it all in five years and a hurricane ruined our 50th trip. Um, so we ended up having to push our last state until this past August, but finishing that was, was great. I mean, honestly, I think some what was, your, what was that what was your last state that you went to? Yeah. Okay. And Glacier National Park is really only fully open, like three months out of the year. Um, and they're conveniently also the months that we have hurricanes here and I can't really leave. So we had to be like very careful with that trip, but um, I also think that sometimes it's okay to just like to not have a next lofty goal. I mean, I got my dream job last year, um, knocked off the 50 states, uh, you know, did all the books and everything. I feel like I've accomplished, I did a lot last year. And if this year I just managed to maintain that and get really like better at my role and not necessarily like set my sights on something big, like surviving in itself is an accomplishment. And um, I'm okay if I don't, if I don't like break a record this year, you know? So I, I love that. <laughs> I think that's advice that, I mean, I could definitely use. I'm sure others can too, but yeah. It's surviving is so hard. And I, I feel like social media makes it really difficult because, you know, somebody else probably saw like that I, that I read a hundred books last year and thought, well, why can't I, why can't I do that? You know, well, maybe because you have several kids and, and a high stress job and all this other mm -hmm. stuff. Like comparison is the thief of joy. And I, I fully mm -hmm. believe that. So 
And if you're even comparing yourself to last year's self, sometimes I feel like that can be too much. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that is wise. Um, So we just like to close with, are there any thoughts, um, like things that you would like to share with Delta Zeta sisters? Um, You know, obviously knowing that Delta Zeta was a a part of your experience in college and um, anything that you'd like to pass along to somebody that, um, you would, would have liked to have known in college or, um, that, you know, somebody listening could be like, oh yeah, that, that I can, I can latch on to that. I, I have a couple things. Uh, I think that, um, I am still like very close with many of my sisters and, you know, during our 50 States travels visited them and, Um, I've got like two of my very good DZ sisters are getting married this year. So I'm excited to go to the bachelorette parties and the wedding and everything. Um, I wish that when I was in college, I would have been able to learn the word no and not put so much on my plate because I, you know, I was VP of membership one year um, or, or new member ed. And another year I was philanthropy chair and was like constantly taking on additional projects in other clubs and with classes and everything. And I stretch myself so thin that I look back and I'm like, why did I do that? You know, it just, there was really, in the moment, I felt like I needed to do everything. And what it really ended up doing was making it more difficult to make really deep and lasting relationships with some of my sisters that if I could go back, I would have just let myself have more free time. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad that I did the things that I did. It was, it was an amazing experience. Delta Zeta, like literally changed my life with the people that are surrounding me now, um, but I think that I would have allowed myself to just chill out a little bit. Um, and also to tell myself, you know, like really invest in these friendships with your sisters because they, what you put into Delta Zeta is what you will get out. I know we say that all the time to current members and it really is so true. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm so thankful for the, for the friends that I have made through DZ, but I wish that I would have been able to be like, yes, I will hop in the car and go to the mall with you. I don't have five other projects that I need to be doing. So just enjoy it. I think that's a fabulous advice for any age too. I'm thinking to myself, yes, I could take that advice too. (laughs) So saying no is not a bad thing and concentrating on relationships is awesome. Well, we thank you so much, Devin, for joining us and uh, loved hearing your story. And I'm sure so many of our sisters will, too. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. Yeah, it was great getting to meet a, a fellow OG sister. I, I appreciate know. It. Go Bobcats. Yeah, go Bobcats. <laughs> For a closed caption version of the Women We Know podcast, please visit Delta Zeta's YouTube channel. And do you have a woman we should know? Email us at lamp at deltazeta.org.